0: there's just so many little things that we do in the shadows of public health to keep people safe and um i think that that's super important but i don't want us to kind of slink back to where we were where no one actually has any idea what we do no. except
1: steve sherlock here for franklin matters franklin public radio anywhere on the internet at wfpr.fm and in the local franklin mass area dial on the fm dial at 102.9 here today we have our health director kathleen liberty kathy how are you doing today
0: i'm well how are you steve
1: it's good to be well. I am well as well, <laughs> especially when we're talking about health. I mean, it's it's appropriate.
0: <laughs> it is appropriate.
1: It's still challenging times. COVID is still around. It hasn't fully gone yet. But I think with what we're going to talk about today, your department is also kind of transitioning from kind of the heavy pandemic period into new normal, whatever that's going to be.
0: Whatever that's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's... um. Well, and it's been very interesting because we uh, have um, shared service grant now with um, Rentham in Norfolk. Yeah, the public service grant from the DPH mm-hmm. um, allowed us to get a uh, higher regional health inspector. And that, what that inspector does is he does um, f- uh, food establishment inspections twice a year. And also we receive housing complaints or nuisance complaints. Sure. Um, and so he'll oversee those complaints and do inspections um, as needed. So he's been, um, he's a great fit. He's a great person and uh, we're happy to have him on board. Um, and then it also enabled us to have a public health nurse. So this grant from DPH pays um, half the salary for our public health nurse and Franklin pays the other half. Okay. Um, she's, she's, transitioned beautifully from the hospital setting into the public health setting which is really quite a transition i'll have to say um and she has been so wonderful working in our community um she, along with you know um just doing blood pressure clinics at the housing authority yep. yeah. um central park terrace
1: she's making visits there too here. Yeah.
0: yeah um we um we also identified that there's some food insecurity um, there with those residents. So right. we were able to partner with the Franklin Food Pantry. Yep. And so their mobile pantry will go to the housing authority uh, monthly and yep. provide um, shelf stable um, food along with some proteins. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that we're hoping will go, just be a, a great service um, right. to the community. And, of course, our vaccine clinics and our COVID clinics, what what folks might not know is our COVID clinics for um, ages 5 to 10, I, we served approximately 700 um, children.
1: 700, right? I hope I'm
0: correct. Um, I think it's 700. I want to say four or 700, but I think it's 700. Um, and those clinics were amazing. Um, we had help from the Rentham nurses and um the medical reserve corps and we also had um our uh, friend franklin therapy dog there yes on a regular basis Good old
1: Ben, yes
0: yeah ben was great we had a lot of children that were with anxiety unfortunately because they were sure. going to be getting a shot so we thought he'd be great
1: well shots, so are, shots. And <laughs> shots just, are shots absolutely some people just some people well i don't know look at it and some people can't so you know yeah. <laughs> i understand absolutely yeah
0: but in um, and the, and the list goes on and on, we can talk a little bit more about some of the other trainings that the public health nurse is going to be doing. And then we have our wonderful epidemiologist. The epidemiologist was actually a separate grant that I wrote uh, for the town of Franklin and DPH actually um, uh, provided that grant, um, but she is also uh, working for Rentham and Norfolk as well.
1: Part of the shared um,
0: services. Yeah. Yeah. So that worked out great. And she's actually, she built that great COVID dashboard that's on our um, Franklin website. I mm-hmm. believe she does it. Well, we have a website. It's called MetaComet website, and that's for all three towns. And so that dashboard actually encompasses um, all the uh, COVID information for Rentham and Norfolk as well. Okay. And now she's working on an insanely cool, um, database. It's, it's GIS database. And I know we've talked about this before, like what's GIS and um,
1: Graphical infram- <laughs> geographical information services. There
0: you go. Thanks. So
1: it takes, <laughs> I love lo- acronyms. It takes locations and maps them
0: yeah, and
1: then applies a layer of info. So if you see this location, whether it's an address, then it can provide additional info on it.
0: Yeah, so she's doing that for as a community resource for Rentham, Franklin, and Norfolk. Um, and that will be rolled out actually by the end of the month. Uh, so the community um, can reach that through the MetaComet um, website or through our Frank Franklin Health um, Department website. Right. And uh, now she's working on something even cooler. So I'll tell you about that next time. (laughs) Okay. Yep.
1: yep. And since we mentioned acronyms, I was going to catch too is DPH. So that for those who may not be aware, that's Department Mm -hmm. of Public Health. That's the state level of which you operate at the local level. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think one of the things that you can elaborate on a little bit because you knew a little bit more on it, but clearly as part of the learnings from the pandemic and how the state and local have Uh, responded to or been able to respond it seems like the administration both Baker and it sounds like the future administration as well there's going to be more focus at a DPH level to provide additional resources to allow for better you know equality of service if you will uh, a more of an economic justice service so that small communities like well we're small in terms of staffing Probably well, we're a city size as well, but some of our services that now we can provide, we couldn't provide before because we right. didn't have the resources, like the nurse in order to set mm-hmm. things up. And there are other right. small communities within Mass that don't have the staffing that you do. Um so yeah, right. I think that from an equity perspective, that's that's a good thing for the state to do to help.
0: Yeah. So the pandemic really brought forward um what um health. Inequity, I guess you might say, um, mm-hmm. really was profound um, during the the pandemic, and uh, it really came to light. As did what health departments do, right? You know, local boards of health. That there was a lot that the pandemic brought forward, um, right. and, and now I'm glad that it's not just going back to the way it was, because you know a lot of people were for, you know, profoundly affected from food insecurity to, you know, chronic disease, COVID. I mean, there's just so much. And so the, the point of the shared service grant, also this, this strategic part is, um, is finding that in your community, finding the health equity and, and, and working with that, that part of the community. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's why we are looking, we are at the housing authority we we really feel that there are more needs there community needs and there are maybe in other parts of Franklin um, not we're not there a hundred percent, but we're we're really kind of funneling in and 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 letting that community know that there are resources and that we can provide those for them. Right. Um, you know, I don't really know what what is going on in rentham and Norfolk as far as that goes. Um, I am the shared coordinator for this particular grant. And um, but you know there are established nurses in Rentham and they they actually do a lot of work in Norfolk. and so mm-hmm, they sure. have their own that that's like they're have their own autonomy. I don't need to micromanage that.
1: Well, you, I'm sure they're doing wonderful. With, stuff. You've got enough going within the Franklin boundaries <laughs> anyway.
0: <laughs> I know, I know, but I have to say I got a great staff. I couldn't ask for um, better staff to be able to do a lot of work in in Franklin. So I'm really really grateful for that yeah and grateful I mean, for the money that D, that DPH has given us to do
1: absolutely. it <laughs> yeah because I think even oh, certainly Jamie and some of the budget discussions Chloe has acknowledged that that's one of the growth opportunities for the town that Chloe prior you would use the VNA services, if I recall for the services as a nurse piece because we were always needing it but that was turned out mm-hmm. to be insufficient to meet the needs for COVID so this shared services piece came in now that happens at some point in time, you know, they may indeed be, quote, the full-time person. But obviously, that's also a budget prioritization issue. Mm-hmm. And for, as people are aware, Franklin has a tight budget piece. So it may take some time. But in the meantime, the, the shared grant allows us to provide those services. Um, yeah.
0: And it's it's really been um, a pleasure. You know, the, the public health nurse plays a, an amazing role that people don't know. Um, you know, just for instance, just in our... Um, well, we call it Maven, but it's a it's a software program that um, DPH, Department of Public Health, provides for uh, community to uh, identify communi- communicable diseases in each town and city throughout the state of mm-hmm. Massachusetts. Right. So so if we get a case, so we have a case of listeria right now. Um, you know, if we went back in the, the old days, right, you know, the infectious nurse would call, we would have right. a paper report that we would have to do fax it to dph right so this is done so we have to check maven on a regular basis and so when we have a a communicable disease um we have to address that on a local level right so and of course the epidemiologists at the state level are always available for us um but you know when we have a a tb case say for instance whether it's active or latent um, there is therapy that that goes along with that—a mm-hmm. drug therapy—and the nurse has to go to a home every single day and and watch this patient take their medication daily. Mm-hmm. Um, no one knows about that, you know. You hear right. TB, what, you know? Um, but we do get cases—Salmonella, um, yeah. uh, Campylobacter. Those are foodborne illnesses, and so if some, so after we get notified, the nurse calls and, and interviews the patient if we find out that they ate it at a local restaurant, that could be where they c- contracted the foodborne illness. And so then that triggers an inspection, right? So then you sure. have to have our inspector go out. And that's a, f- if we suspect a foodborne illness at a restaurant, that's a to z inspection. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. that's from when you get the food into when you, you put it on the table. So that's, so that's, so it, it all ties together. Right. Yeah. Um, and so they all, and all of them—the public health nurse and epidemiologist—we uh, also have um, a contact tracing person still on are on Rentham's, um, um tab. But um, they all work at the senior center, and they all do this type of work for mm-hmm. for the health department. So it's really, really quite interesting. And if you look at the, um, if you look at the annual report, I actually identify all the communicable diseases that we've had throughout the year. Yeah. Um, and so. There's a lot of work that goes behind that.
1: Yeah, and as we certainly, we started back, what, late 2019, early 2020, kind of our monthlies. And obviously, based on COVID, we met a little bit more frequently, depending upon what was happening. Yeah. health department, clearly, in my understanding with the reporting I'd been doing, had been kind of the hidden behind the scenes. And respectfully, most of the time, you operate best behind the scenes, providing Mm -hmm. that level of support, that level of health security to the community the watchfulness the example of even the restaurant inspections we have over 100 restaurants and they have to be mm-hmm. inspected twice a year that's a, a lot year. of work yeah
0: <laughs> it is a lot of work you know and we do um you know when you talk about protecting people's health right you know so we have to do the beach water testing at the beach um from mm-hmm. may to september you know why because if there's e coli we have to shut the, the beach down you know there's so there's so much that we do right down to we provide uh, beaver trappers with um uh emergency permits i mean who would ever think that i would wear that type of hat you know so i had to learn about beavers and and how they're protected and when they can be trapped and when they can't be um you know so there's just so many little things that we do in the shadows of public health to keep people safe and um i think that that's super important but I don't want us to kind of slink back to where we were, where no one actually has any idea what we do, except no. food inspections. Yeah, <laughs> oh, they just no. do food inspections.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, and, or just do vaccine clinics, right? Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. more than that in many ways.
0: Yeah. we are more than that yeah,
1: yeah. and one i know one of the pieces that we can certainly develop a more future more fully as the future turns around and becomes the reality but you've we've talked i think briefly in at least in some of your board meetings you've updated the board uh, or health department meetings you've updated the board on the collaboration and coordination around even working with the building inspector and yeah. the the fire department on housing safety issues right and abandoned buildings and things of that sort so
0: yeah so in my other towns um we would have housing task force um that would that would um include the police and fire um sometimes dpw definitely building um the health department and um we really had some success in in working with house you know people who have left uh, abandoned their homes and then you know the the rodents get in there. Well, lots of stuff happened, you know, it's a mm-hmm. nuisance to neighbors. Um, so after the pandemic, that was one of the thing I, things I wanted to address because, you know, Franklin still has those problems, even yeah. though, you know, we're not in a small town. I mean, we kind of are, but not like Webster or Oxford are out that way that has some serious, serious problems with their housing. But um, so we did we formed this habitable housing task force um, and we've really. We've really made great strides. We work with the attorney general's office. Um, there's a new name to this program, but I um, I can't remember the new name. I think it's Green Neighborhood, but it's to me, it's the Abandoned Housing Initiative. And uh, what they do is they actually do the inspection with us uh, for abandoned property that looks like it's been broken into or it's problematic. Um, we do the inspection together, and then I'll send the owner or the bank whoever is in possession of the property it's called an order to correct letter and it lists all the violations mm-hmm. um sometimes i have to condemn a home and at the same time the attorney general's office sends a, a, a soft demand letter so kind of get and then the building commissioner can send a letter right so you have this you have this force and, and when we go out the police are with us um right you know to make sure that we're uh recognized and we're safe right sure so we've worked on probably 15 properties so far and really made a lot of headway. So I'm really proud that we came together like, like that as a group um, of a department heads that care about Franklin and and the community and mm-hmm. want to you know, make it better. And we've had a good response from owners and banks and, um, you know, just people that are responsible for, the, for these places. Right. So, yeah. So that that was really, um, I think huge for us to finally do something um important other than the pandemic right so right right
1: and that's something that people can at least see sometimes the progress is slowed based upon kind of the legal process the responsiveness of whatever the owner is but over time you know the situation may at least get better boarded up better secured mm-hmm. or in some cases i know there's at least two demolitions that have occurred so the buildings no longer exist right. um right. and thereby the community is that much safer for it too
0: so mm-hmm. absolutely yeah because uh, those type of homes they really attract um you know attract like i said i mean pests we don't want pests in there and no. it can attract unfortunate uh homeless person as well and right. it's not safe for them either even though no. it's there is some a roof over their head Yeah. Um, you know so there's a lot of dynamics that go with an abandoned property and so we we, we will be c- continuing to address that
1: mm-hmm. and i think you're also working and certainly the between the epidemiologist and the nurse et cetera, there's a health fair coming that people can find <laughs> out a bunch of things
0: <laughs> yeah we're really excited about this um i am a huge proponent for health fairs <laughs> and i think they bring a lot to the community and it's a great resource right <clears throat> and so partnered with the library um to be able to pr- do this um annually which is going to be great so every year we'll be holding a health, health fair in the fall we have at least 30 vendors which wow. i'm so happy about yeah we, and we also have um uh, we have some, um, performances from martial arts, um, I think dance and gymnastics. So there'll be performances as well. Um, health
1: related activities that fits.
0: Yeah. And I think not, I think I know, um, we have a farm that is going to be, um, happy. know going to be there with fresh produce and, and vegetables. Um, the name escapes me. So I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I'll as, get the the details, as the
1: details come out, we can put that in the show <laughs> right. notes, et cetera. Yep, yep.
0: Yep. Yep. So I mean I'm not planning this. This is just something the nurse and the epidemiologists are doing. Oh. Um so they just kind of update me as, as we go forward. So it's gonna be really fun. And the librarian and their staff are excited about it as we are too. Um and that is in October. So oh. I I hope everyone looks for the flyer on our website um, and attends. Uh, I think we also got a mobile food truck too,
1: so Oh, should be- cool. Yeah. That usually tends to attract folks. Food Yeah, food. yeah Let's go. <laughs>
0: yeah, so from 3 to 6 um the health fair and I believe it is uh, on October 19th. Um but it could be wrong. So let's look at the uh, let's look at the flyer.
1: <laughs> we will check it out and update yeah. that accordingly. Yes. Yeah. Indeed. And then I think from the er meeting in September, there was discussion with the Board of Health in regards to uh, whether to keep kind of the hybrid format going forward. And at least from my point of view, they agreed to keep the hybrid. And I think that's beneficial.
0: They did. And and, uh, they're really uh, the extension for the the uh, hybrid or um, uh, online was extended to March um what some members of the community might not know is that there's an open meeting law um that we have to um comply with and so um that was I, I wanted to make sure too like I, that extension mm-hmm. was you know still happening and and uh yeah and my board members like it um and I know you like it uh it's easier for people to to check it out come on take a listen um and, and it will stay like that until further notice, yeah. Yeah,
1: and I think uh, certainly based on the pandemic and the executive order extension through to March at this point uh, is supposed to allow between, I think, the attorney general's office, who really monitors the open meeting law and legislation, to change the existing requirements. Because I think the prior requirements were the board has, had to be physically present um right. and that's obviously yeah so they need to modify that so that they can allow a board or at least some members of the board to participate remotely etc mm-hmm. and allow you know clarify the rulings which certainly have worked um in regards to enabling better public participation uh franklin tv radio certainly has helped because now it's not just zoom available it's in the chamber or the meeting rooms it's available on a live stream. It's available on YouTube. <laughs> uh, it's available yeah. for replay. If people, <laughs> at least if they missed the session or are away, they can tap in online to participate or at least listen. And never mind, I forgot the cable, certainly Comcast of Verizon as well. <laughs> um, and, and then after the fact, they can come back to whether it's an audio recording I produce or the video replay from TV that's available. So in terms of getting the information and having it accessible, absolutely. I'm all for that.
0: Yeah. I think it's great. This is funny though. The other, uh, last week I had a meeting uh, on Friday morning and it was like 10 minutes to nine. And I came in and started looking for the zoom link. And when I went to the agenda, it said meeting in person. (laughs) And I was like, Oh no, not Mm going to make it. (laughs) Ouch. Yeah, yeah. So I, I felt kind of bad about that, but I mean, it's just such a norm to be online right now that I didn't even, it didn't even occur to me. It could be in person. Indeed. So I thought that's kind of funny. You know, yep. I missed the meeting.
1: <laughs> yes. Oops. Oops. Reschedule, yeah. fit it into the calendar for the future.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But I got a lot, I got a lot of, um, irons in the fire, I guess you might say, for the next time we meet, Um, I have some updated information about um, some of my projects I'm working on that are going to be really great for the community. And I'm very excited about it. Uh, Mm -hmm. Actually two, two major um, projects, three actually. Um, um, I don't want to, talk about them now but um, we can
1: tease them and people can be, <laughs> pay attention to the next october meeting and the agenda and if they miss the meeting of course the recording etc should yeah. be available so yeah
0: yeah, yeah. so I'm, I'm excited to say that and um i told you uh, the epidemiologist is going to be working on a new gis project as well so we got some fall projects coming up um that should be pretty cool for the community mm-hmm.
1: and uh and then yeah. of course can't, the, can't uh, the health fair about. where you can have the conversation with. Thirty vendors, as well as with you and the other staff, so you know yeah. meet and greet under the circumstances, masked or unmasked, mm-hmm. however it fits. At that, the library is accessible, uh, so that's yep. that's all goodness.
0: And also, I want to just remind everybody that we still have oh, probably a thousand um, mm-hmm. COVID uh, kits to test at home. Mm-hmm. They're for free for the community. We'll be giving them away at the health fair um but if anyone's in need of them you know maybe they don't feel good and they don't want to go to cbs or walgreens or wherever they're available the nurse will just run them out to the car mm-hmm. from at the senior center so um and she'll actually test you if you're just unsure um, of how to do it you know right. so you know take advantage of that um i know the the state um wanted to provide us with more but we have so many um that i think i I think we're getting a little bit more because we're going to have the health fair. We'll be giving them out for free, mm-hmm. but um, please take advantage of that. If you can, right.
1: yeah. <laughs> let them go to where they're needed. Right. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Well, thank you for taking time today to share what's happening in the world of health for Franklin. I think the yeah, Franklin residents will be uh, better informed as to what is happening and stay tuned for between the health fair in October and the the uh, health, a uh, Board of Health meeting in October. We're going to reveal some other updates on projects. So that's I all could. good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it is, yeah. All right. We'll talk soon, Steve. Thanks so
1: much. Absolutely. Thank you. And for the listeners, a quick reminder, we do this because Franklin Matters. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help.